So what is the most generous thing that someone could do for you? Uh, for me, um, I think this kind of changes throughout time, but this year it has certainly been uh, when someone notices that maybe something is kind of off with me or isn't quite right, and they check in on me. Um, I've been fortunate enough to have that happen a handful of times this year, and I've really needed it. Uh, let's see what some of you guys said. Uh, undivided attention and quality time. Arnie, feed my belly. That's always a great answer. Let's see. Uh, inclusion and acceptance, time and good conversation. Keeley wrote, hear me out without offering solutions, which I think is a fantastic answer. Uh, it seems like the things that we receive as being the most generous often have some sort of element of, of attention, of attention being paid to us, which is actually what I wanted to talk about tonight. Uh, sometime in the 1930s, Simone Weil, a French philosopher and writer, uh, said, attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. Attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. This idea has stuck with me, um, has stuck with me since I ever first came across it a few years ago. We pray together every week that we want to be uh, generous with all our resources. And unlike other resources, we can't acquire more time, right? We get the time that we get. All we can do is adjust what or whom we allot our time toward. Time is our most precious resource, which is why choosing to spend any of our time paying attention to someone else is such a pure form of generosity. One of the greatest gifts that we can give someone is to stop what we're doing and be fully present with them, to truly listen to them, which is what Keeley was getting at, to actually pay attention to them. But how hard is that to do these days? Um, Simone wrote this back in 1930s, um, before cell phones, before the internet, before uh, computers, before TV was even really a thing. And it was difficult then. How much harder does it feel like it is for us to be generous in this way um, when we have all these distractions and the busyness of our modern culture? I know I often find it difficult to be fully present. I feel pulled in a million different directions. Uh, I feel like I'm always juggling things in the back of my mind, like, is my technology going to work when I'm trying to do a live stream for my church? Uh, there's due dates, there's deadlines, there's bills, there's meetings, there's notifications. It's hard. It's hard for me to ever stop and be fully present with someone. Jesus seemed to put a high priority on this kind of generosity. There are stories all throughout the gospels of Jesus stopping whatever he's doing and, and paying attention to someone near him. The story that most immediately came to mind uh, to me this week was the story of the woman bleeding from Luke 8, which goes like this. On his return, Jesus was welcomed by a crowd. They were all there expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came up. He fell at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his home because his 12-year-old daughter, his only child, was dying. Jesus went with him, making his way through the pushing, jostling crowd. In the crowd that day, there was a woman who for 12 years had been afflicted with hemorrhages. She had spent every penny she had on doctors, but not one had been able to help her. She slipped in from behind and touched the edge of Jesus's robe. At that very moment, her hemorrhaging stopped. Jesus said, who touched me? But when no one stepped forward, Peter said, but master, we've got crowds of people on our hands. Dozens have touched you. Jesus insisted, someone touched me. I felt power discharging from me. When the woman realized that she couldn't remain hidden, she knelt trembling before him. In front of all the people, she blurted out her story, why she touched him and how at that, that same moment she was healed. Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. This is the word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. So in this story, Jesus is busy, right? He's on his way to do something really important, which is healing a young girl from dying. Uh, He has no reason to stop what he's doing and turn his attention away from his task. As he's on his way in this thick and aggressive crowd, Jesus feels something, feels someone touch him. There's no way for him to know who was touching him. Uh, Peter even says, dude, we're in a crowd. Everyone is touching you. How can you ask who's touching you? Like just everyone raise your hands. What are you talking about? But Jesus pushes further saying he felt power go out from him, which is weird. And I'm not even going to pretend to understand what that means, but he knows something unique has happened. He knows that he felt someone touch him that was different from everything else going on. And he stops and he pays attention. We learned that this woman was hemorrhaging for 12 years. In Jewish culture, if someone was bleeding, they were excluded from the religious and pra- uh, religious practices and rhythms, which were embedded in every aspect of the culture. So this woman has been excluded from every aspect of her community for 12 years. And Jesus heals her, instantly restoring her dignity and her health and her inclusion in her culture. Healing her didn't seem to require a lot of effort on Jesus's part, right? She, she touched him and that was it. So he could have easily just thought, huh, someone touched me and kept it to himself and continued on his way. But instead he stops and he draws attention to a woman who had been previously ignored and avoided. So in this simple but generous act of paying attention, Jesus gives this woman, gives her dignity and a voice and an audience and authority as he gives her credit for her own healing, um, commends her for her great faith and calls her daughter. In just this short interaction, Jesus alters the trajectory of this woman's life. Though busy and doing important things, uh, though he doesn't need to, Jesus stops and pays attention to this ignored and forgotten woman, and it completely changes her life. He did something similar with Zacchaeus. Um, While he was traveling back to Jerusalem, where he knew that he'd be betrayed and crucified, with less than two weeks to live, Jesus sees Zacchaeus up in a tree, trying to get a view of him. And in that moment, with only a few precious days left to live, Jesus stops and generously spends one of those final days with this rich, corrupt traitor. And it changes Zacchaeus's life and the lives of his entire community. He does it again with a blind beggar um, sitting outside the temple entrance. The beggar hears that Jesus is walking by and starts shouting to get his attention. And everyone around the beggar is trying to shut him up. They say, Jesus is too important to bother with you. But Jesus stops and pays attention to the man and heals him. He does it again uh, in this scene where there are children trying to get to Jesus, but the disciples keep shooing them away saying, Jesus is too busy to be bothered with these kids. But Jesus says, no, I'm not. Time and time again, it seems being generous with this most precious resource of time was a high priority for Jesus. It should be a high priority for us because we really don't have much of it. The average lifespan for someone in the US right now is 78 and a half years. Uh, If you take leap years into consideration, that's about 680,000 hours. That's it. Put in those terms, how do you feel about how you currently spend your time? the things and people that you pay attention to, are you satisfied with it? If not, what would you change? How do you want to spend it? What keeps you from paying attention or better attention to the people in your life? If time is our most most precious resource, we should take managing and leveraging it seriously. I think it can be helpful to think about time management similar to financial management. The best way that I know of to manage finances well is by having a budget and sticking to it. Back when I was 20, If you can believe it, I didn't really pay attention uh, to my finances. And there was a season where I kept overdrafting my bank account. And after doing this several times, my mom finally called me and was like, what is going on? What are you doing? 
Why do you keep overdrafting? You're racking up fees. You're losing more money. You have like negative money right now. What is going on? What's not working with your budget? And I said, well, probably that I don't have one of those. I always pushed back against having a budget because I felt like it was just going to show me how little I had and how I couldn't really do the things that I wanted to do. But a budget is just a tool for you to understand what you actually have and then allows you to prioritize what you want to do with what you have. So my mom helped me put together a basic budget. Here's what, here's what you make in a month. Here are the bills that you have to pay. And then here's what's left over. What do you want to do with that amount that's left over every month? And what's weird is once I started uh, being a bit more intentional by sticking to a budget, I wasn't making more money. <laughs> that didn't change. But I was now able to cover the necessities, uh, to be generous and support people and causes that I cared about, and still be able to do most of the things that I wanted to do, which at that time was... Uh, go out to eat and buy music gear, <laughs> which seems hilarious now. It was a simpler time. The point is, when I wasn't intentional with my money, it controlled me. I was constantly stressed about it. I didn't really know where it went, and there was never enough. By being just a little bit more intentional with my time, I was able to manage and leverage it in ways that freed me to do more than I could before. The same thing is true about our time. When we're unintentional about what or who we give our attention to, there's never enough time. We feel stretched thin. We're always running on fumes. We feel like our lives are something that is, is, is happening to us rather than something that we actively live. And we rarely have the capacity to really be present and pay attention to someone else. So can we be more intentional with our most precious resource to manage and leverage it in ways that we're free to be more generous to be more attentive to the people in our lives than we could before? I think we can. Here are some questions to think through to help you be more intentional. What or who do I want to pay attention to? What currently prevents me from doing that? And what changes can I make? For instance, right now, in this stage of my life, I want to be the most generous with my time toward my family. I think the highest call and largest responsibility that God has put on my life uh, the greatest thing that I can do in this season is to pay attention to my wife and kids. What keeps me from paying attention to my family? Where am I spending time on things that don't further the, my desire to pay attention to them or prevents me from being able to be as generous as I want to be with my attention? For me, uh, this thing is it's just a huge time suck. Um, I was slightly better about this. Michaela might disagree with me, but once lockdowns hit in March, I kind of threw away all of my boundaries and limits that I put on my phone use because suddenly the digital world became a lot more important, or at least it felt that way. Uh, so my phone habits, my phone habits weren't great to begin with, but they're out of control this year. Um, once upon a time, I, I wanted mo the, the things that I wasted the most amount of time on was playing games on here. Uh, now it's, it's mostly scrolling social media, which isn't really any better. Um, but iPhone has this really convenient thing called screen time that tracks your usage. And last week, last week, my daily average time spent on my phone was four hours. Four hours a day. That's insane. I sleep eight hours right now. Um, so of the 16 hours I'm awake, I'm spending a quarter of that on my phone. Now, I like the things I do on my phone. Some are just fun. Some are things that I, uh, some things I do on my phone help me keep connected with people. Um, some of the things I do on my phone keep me inspired, specifically a, a few different people that I follow on some social media accounts. 
These are all great things, but do I want to allot a quarter of my waking hours to them each day? No, I don't. So what is an amount of time that I'd be more comfortable allotting to this thing and how can I implement that boundary? Um, I think an hour is just fine. An iPhone lets you set limits for a screen time that I've turned on to help me stay in that boundary. But just as important as how much time I want to spend on this is, is when I want to spend that time. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was home with Daisy and we were in our living room and she was uh, playing with toys and Baby Shark was probably blasting on repeat in the background and I was on my phone. And I, I cannot tell you what I was doing on my phone because it really didn't matter. I was probably scrolling Twitter. And all of a sudden, she's right here, all up in my business, just screaming like, ah! And I was like, hello, wow, whoa, what is wrong with you? What do you want? And she asked me to get some books that she couldn't reach. I was like, yeah, why are you so angry about the books? So I, I got them for her and I told her next time, uh, next time you want something, you need to ask nicely without yelling in my face. And she was just like, yeah, okay, whatever guy. And she started reading her books and uh, I went back to my phone. Again, before I know it, she's right up here screaming in my face again. And you know that sometimes when <laughs> part of your brain is paying attention to what's going on around you, even if you're not actually paying attention, um, I realized as soon as she was up in my way uh, yelling again that she had been asking me over and over in a normal voice uh, for something and I had completely ignored her. Her coming up to me and yelling was, was her last resort to get my attention. And that feels terrible. Uh, I'm teaching my daughter that this, this stupid glowing brick is more important than her. And I'm not at all being generous with my attention to the person who I want to be the most generous toward. So just as important as scaling back the attention I give my phone so I can give it to my daughter is deciding when I'm okay with paying attention to my phone. And that's only when my kid is asleep. So if I'm home with her and my phone, uh, if I'm home with her and she's awake, my phone is going up on a shelf. Uh, so it can only be touched if someone calls me. In all of this, I'm not increasing the amount of time I spend with Daisy at all, but I'm drastically increasing and upping the quality of that time. My time is my most precious resource and I want to be the most generous with it toward my little daughter and limiting and reducing what else has my attention is gonna help allow me to do that. All of this is simple, right? Like this, it's not an earth shattering idea or profound change to make, but it's, it's going to have profound effects and it already has in just a short time. What are some things that keep you all from paying attention or more attention or better attention to the people in your life? Um, just like the question at the beginning, if you would type your answer into the chat. And this isn't a contract. The, uh, no one's gonna hunt you down and hold you to this, but, but humor me and, and move what you're thinking beyond just being in your head and put it out there into the world. What, what do you want to pay attention to or pay more attention to or better attention to or who? What currently prevents you from doing that? What, what are the things that distract you or just get in the way from you paying attention? And what changes can you make? We wanna be generous with all our resources to show the world what God is like. Time is our most precious resource, which is why attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. Can we be more intentional with our most precious resource to manage and leverage it so that we're freed to be more generous and more attentive to the people in our lives than we were before? Will you pray with me? God, thank you um, that we live in a time with seemingly infinite connectedness.
there's a lot of great things about that. Um, but there's also liabilities and some of them are not being present and not being generous with our attention and our time to the people in our lives that matter most or the people in our lives that you have brought into our lives for us to pay attention to. God, I pray that you would um, help us all realize uh, things that are draining our attention. Help us find creative ways to, to be more generous with, the attention, with our attention um, because it's the greatest gift that we can give someone. We love you, God. Amen.